Welcome to Nourishing Body and Soul, the podcast. Get ready to revitalize your mind, body, and soul. We're here to inspire women who are looking to break free from old patterns and ideas to create a life of increased confidence and improved health. Say goodbye to limiting beliefs and hello to new possibilities. So kick back, get ready to have some fun, and let's dive in. We'll uncover tools and insights that can help you build a life that's truly nourishing, body and soul. Hello, and welcome again to Nourishing Body and Soul, the podcast. I'm Tracy. And I'm Victoria. Hello, hello. And today we're going to be talking about diet culture, just a few basics, because it's a term that we hear a lot. So we just kind of want to lay a foundation when we're talking about diet culture. This is what we're talking about. Our five things on this episode are going to be the impact that just, and this is not all of the impact of diet culture. These are just five things that are really especially troubling to us. So first of all, what is diet culture? If somebody asks you that question, what, how do you describe that? What do you think? I think about all of the diets that all the women talk about being on and men too, men uh, now more than they have before also have to worry about what their bodies look like. Yay. Diet culture, you know, just, just the idea that we constantly need to be on a diet that we constantly need to be working on our bodies to make them firmer, to make them higher, lifted, make them thinner and smaller and able to fit in size zero zero you know or some horrific thing like that yeah yeah what to me one of the best books that I have found is so eye-opening about this is more than a body by Lindsay and Lexi Kite it's especially interesting to me because they're twins and so you want to talk about somebody who who has a like a person outside of themselves they're Mm -hmm. identical twins person outside of themselves that looks like them mm-hmm. and the and you know people comment all the time to twins about oh how they look alike how they don't look alike or how they're different or how they're the same so their bodies got commented on even more than mm-hmm. usual yeah. and so it's really it's just they're one of their taglines that they use a lot is that your body is an instrument not an ornament Ooh, and, yeah i like that yeah oh my gosh it's Oh my gosh, that just like says so much. Uh Honestly, I can, I completely relate with what that means. Yeah. Because yeah, we, okay, so I'm naturally klutzy, but whatever. I was cleaning, (laughs) which doesn't usually happen. But anyway, I was cleaning and I was cleaning the top of my wardrobe. Well, those, that kind of cleaning is what I'm saying. doesn't usually happen. (laughs) And I didn't know that my ceiling fan came so close to the top of my wardrobe and so I lifted I was lifting up and the ceiling fan just whacked me like right across my hand and it hurt so bad so bad and I thought for sure it was broken and it kind of knocked me about too but I thought for sure it was broken because it hurt so bad and it immediately swelled up you know how that happens so anyway I had ice on it whenever the next morning I waited till the next morning it was up all night holding ice and I was just thinking you know, I'm up all night holding ice because this happened at two in the morning. I'm she's nocturnal. I'm a nocturnal creature. <laughs> like like when the X-ray tech found out what time he goes, oh, you must be one of those people that like lies in bed and <laughs> lays in bed and just wants to clean everything. I'm like, no, not at all. But anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. The point was that I was up all night thinking, 
of all the things my hand does. And I was like grateful because I'm left-handed and this is my right hand. Mm -hmm. And just all the things my hand does and how it's going to suck if it's, if it's broken and if it's in a cast and just, you know, basic, basic things. Also, I was wearing clothes. This was mm -hmm. such a miraculous thing at two in the morning. I was wearing clothes <laughs> with a bra. So I didn't have to put any of that on. And I thought, oh my gosh, thank heavens, mm. because I don't know how I would have put a bra yeah. on with not able to be moved. I'm just, it turned out not to be broken, was so yeah. exciting. They're just like multiple bone contusions or whatever. So that was great. I went home and iced it for another day and a half. And it just made me think how fragile everything is and how grateful we should be mm -hmm. to our bodies. Because I thought in one instant, I was cleaning away, feeling good about myself because I was cleaning something ridiculous. And the next instant, I couldn't use my hand. And I thought, if that thing had like hit me in the head, which seems like something that could possibly do, I'm super klutzy. So, you know, you know, you just, if you just yeah. don't know, everything's fine and everything's going along and then, you know, yeah. something happens. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, your body is not some ornament like hanging around trying to look pretty. Mm -hmm. Your body actually works and functions. So those are not just like, that's not like a tagline exactly. That's a reality. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, even if we want our bodies to be an ornament, guess what? It still has to be an instrument. Yeah. Yes. You know? I yes. Mean, yeah. Yeah, and so I just unless we are in a cryogenic state in a soap <laughs> opera, stuck there. I guess is my cryogenic state face. I'll, anyway. I'll look for that in the future. Yeah, yeah. just in case, just in case. Oh, yeah, we you saw it here first. <laughs> um, anyway, this book, more than a body. Sorry. The title says no. That's perfect. I'm so excited to read this book. Yes, I really you are. am. I really <laughs> and reread it and reread it. It's a book that I read and reference a lot. You'll be hearing more about it. But if you want to really take a deeper dive into the impact of diet culture, this is this is your book. This is your book. So can't recommend that enough. So when um, you ask me, what does diet culture then mean to you? Diet culture to me is the really closely related to toxic beauty culture, mm. which is like the things that you're talking about, the the need to and the expectation of a certain kind of appearance, a certain kind of size, a certain kind of um, way to live. It is, it tells us what to eat and when to eat. And it's really damaged our relationship with food along with our relationship with our body because of the expectations mm -hmm. and because we've become um, just so dependent on instead of we live in our body yeah. and we can listen to our body and we can trust it, but that diet culture has really, really just takes that trust away. So when I think about diet culture, I think about the, <laughs> the women's magazines at the textile the grocery store that so many of them have on the same cover, lose 15 pounds in 15 days and the best chocolate fudge cake you'll ever have. I mean, yes. that's, to me, it's just yeah. like a, a blatant representation of what diet culture is. Yeah. It's this, oh, you should be able to have it all, but you can't, I mean, you can make this beautiful chocolate cake, but if you eat any of it, you either should eat a very tiny bit of it or, and count every calorie of it or not eat it or just serve it to other people or, which drives us, many of us mm -hmm. to eat in secret 
And yeah, so it's just and that's my to that. And that's that, my yeah. 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 To me, also diet culture with diet culture, there's this conflation of weight with being synonymous with health mm-hmm. and moral value. And that's just not true. Yeah. But it's something we believe and it's something that's so pervasive that we just don't even think to question that. Well, I mean, I've heard, you know, I, I worked with a lot of men. I had a lot of guy friends. We still have a lot of guy friends. And um, one, a lot of my guy friends have asked me, how do I talk to my wife about her weight? And I'm like, you don't. I'm like, I want her to be healthy. And I said, no, no. When you want to talk about her weight, you want her to be skinny. Like she was when you married her 20 years ago. And they're like, no, no, I just want her to be healthy. You know, I want to encourage her to jog and to, you know, (laughs) get her body and lower her cholesterol. I just want her to be healthy. And I'm like, this is such a veil. You want her to be healthy? Let me see. Do you know, do you know what she, how much sleep she gets? Do you know how much water she drinks? Do you know um, actually how she's eating? Do you know what her blood sugar level is? Do you know the stress level is? She is having again, your eight kids. Like maybe she eats that chocolate cake in the closet. Maybe yeah. she needs to shut the pantry and just because you yeah this sorry people had to turn down their volume sorry i'm just saying like some of these men and they're my friends yeah. some of these men really yeah they're yeah. really i'm glad i'm not married to them so it's just no offense it is, it, if you ended up listening to this any of you guys no offense <laughs> which i love you say no offense when you just said the most offensive thing <laughs> they obviously didn't want to be married to me either so there we go. <laughs> it's a mutual marriage clause. There you go. Yes. There you go. But yeah, just that whole idea of yes. Well, I want. I want. You know, what I health, yeah. I want to be healthy, or I want her or him to be healthy. It's like there's so much more to health yeah. than than weight, and that is so. Weight is what is used for so many things to indicate. So many things. Well, and that beauty, weight indicates beauty and desirability and everything. And if you're in a relationship and someone says to you, I want you to lose weight, or they're like, hey, that stomach there, mm, you know, mm-hmm. you, that, you don't come back from that. Like it, you have to be pretty self-assured to be like, peace out, dude. And never worry about that again. You know, somebody says something like that to you, your stomach is too pouchy or it's, yeah. it's you know. Oh my gosh. Years ago, I read this article and it was written by this, this young woman who had been married not very long. Um, and I just thought, can we just like sit you on a copy machine? <laughs> can you like <laughs> give speeches everywhere to, to young adult women? Um, you want a coffee machine you know you know how like, you choke is I'm like I see what you want did you want coffee all right sorry self and her attitude okay sorry 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 <laughs> maybe a graph <laughs> we want to make copies of her yes clones okay clones. there you go in the cryogenic state there yeah. you go okay, okay. Anyway, tell me why you wanted so, her clone because she had been married for uh, like 
not very long at all. Uh And, you know, usually when you're newlyweds, you are just all over each other all the time. And her, they just were not. And so she finally talked to her and she's like, what is going on here? And he said, well, uh, to be honest with you, I'm just not attracted to you. Mm. And they're married. Yeah, they're married and they're newlyweds. And And I thought if I were her and that it would have, like you said, it would have completely devastated me, completely devastated me. And I thought, where is this article going? Because it's the title yeah, of the article. Sounds- I can't remember what the title was, but it was like, it's not leading toward divorce. This this like how I jumped the jerk, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like that. <laughs> and so I thought, how? Ten ways to lose a guy or a How to lose 175 useless pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so she, obviously, that was hard for her to hear. But she talked about how she realized at that point in time that it wasn't something that was wrong with her. Yeah. That she was still a loved child of God. Yeah. And it wasn't about her. It was about him. This was his Mm. issue. And I thought for her to come, be able to come to that at that young of an age was just so amazing to me. And that's the kind of thing that I want for everybody to be able to have, to be able to hear these kind of things that might not be that personal to you, but it may, but we hear these kind of things on a lower level throughout culture. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time. And to be able to recognize that and go, that's not me. That's that. Mm-hmm. And keep it outside of us instead of letting it in. And to me, that's that style of culture. Yeah. So um, talking about the conflation of health and um, weight, this is another really good book, Health at Every Size. And uh, that just talks about some of the things that we've just been talking about, how the, your, the size is not what is the indication of health. So this is another good one if this is something that, uh, that is really entangled in your mind mm-hmm. and beliefs. Don't be, don't be surprised because the culture has taught you that. That's oh, yeah. not something wrong with you and your fault. It, it's just, it's the well, world you've grown up in. But this is something that can help you change those thought patterns and really understand what actual truth is. <laughs> so I'm in urgent care and my hand's all wrapped in, and she's like, let's take your weight. And I was in so much pain, but I was trying to think of like, I, I didn't have the like wherewithal like within me, but we, we had talked about one of our other um, podcasts about how you can say at the doctor's office, my weight hasn't changed. I'm fine. I don't need to, you know, yeah. need to be I don't weighed. need to weight today. There's no need. But to I didn't have the wherewithal to say it. But I was like, what? It's what I had to do with my hand being nearly broken. Contusions. But yeah. Anyway. Did you say that? Or you didn't have the wherewithal to say it? I didn't have the oh, wherewithal okay. to say it, but I wanted to, but I didn't. But so I'm just saying yeah. like health, it, it just it's so entwined in your your weight equals your health well this doesn't have anything to do with my hand but still your weight yeah. equals your health so we're just going to yeah. measure it yeah it's an indication of who knows what in a situation like that where they're looking at maybe having to medicate you that oh, might have true. something to do with it that's true. but even with that i don't know i'm not a pharmacist i do not know yeah. um but 
I don't think the ranges on the medication are so specific mm -hmm. on most medications. Like they were going to give you pain medication for your hand. Yeah. I don't think it's so specific that it's like, oh, well, if you weigh this amount, you get this amount. If you weigh five pounds more and you can kind of, kind of get a general idea, probably a general enough idea um, for that. But even with that, she didn't say that. She shouldn't say, you know, she, well, you didn't ask, so you don't. Yeah. But, um, you know. She, I would if, think about that. You would have said, true. what is that true? my hand? If she said, dude, we're going to joke you up. If she would have said to... it has to do with med medical, you know, medicine dosage, then you go, mm -hmm. oh, okay. You have a reason for it. Yeah. But if she was like, well, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. it's procedure. Then yeah. it's like, no. Yeah, no, I didn't think about that. So well, there, there are, are sorry, yeah, there side are. Note. That was a side and, note. Yeah, the knowing the weight matters, yes. but there most of the time it just doesn't. Yeah. Um. So what is the? Oh, but we haven't ever really. We well, it's good. I mean, we, did, yeah, we, we talked. We talked about health, but we haven't really talked about the how it is related to moral value. Oh, because so many yes. times culturally we're trained to look at somebody and think if they have a larger body that they are they lack self-discipline mm -hmm. they lack self-respect mm -hmm. they lack any kind of control they mm -hmm. i mean how many times have you heard the somebody just offhandedly say the phrase wherever well you know lay out the snack sister mm -hmm. or something like that so and so it's 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 equated with moral value as well and that is just so so off base and so damaging. So I was having a rough time. I had broken up with a boyfriend who was, he wasn't great. If he's listening to this, he were terrible actually. <laughs> um, and I ate, like I just ate my feelings and I just ate like Haagen-Dazs, Delta, and Leche, like a pint every couple of days or sometimes every day if it was bad. Mm -hmm. And so I gained a lot of weight at work and I, I got a new boss. So she hadn't seen me at any other size. And she called me into her office and she told me that I needed to start, if I wanted to move up in the company, I needed to start um, eating more healthy and exercising and losing weight. And I was like, she said, need to lose weight to be taken more seriously. For this job, let's be clear. What was this job? What type of job was it? Oh, yeah, no, I was like um, an admissions advisor kind of thing. So yeah. it was an office kind of, yeah, not, no, it was an office job. It was a it, job that has requirements. It was an office job that people didn't see me in because people were from all over the world mm -hmm. and they just, it was all online, it, whatever, it doesn't matter. It was all mm -hmm. online. People didn't even see me. Yeah, but there was something a miss in your moral character. Yeah, that was morally that was morally wrong that I couldn't do, you know, the job that I needed to do. Yeah, or any other higher yeah. kind of job to be promoted to. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so it's just this this whole this is this is what it, some of the things are so insidious about diet culture. But let's talk about some of the impacts in which we have talked about okay. a bit already. But our five, um, yeah, five. our five things, our five impacts of diet culture that are some of the most prevalent and can be the most damaging in our opinion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In our very, very, very well thought out, yeah. <laughs> nearly perfect, flawless opinions. As always. Yes. As, as always. always. Um, so the first one is that this diet culture can lead to um, eating disorders, but even 
it, it's really easy to go, oh, well, I don't have an eating disorder. So, okay. But not just eating disordered, but disordered eating. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference? Yeah. What is the difference? Eating disorders are actually, you know, clinical things that are diagnosed. We're talking about um, anorexia. We're talking about bulimia. We're talking about, um, you know, the binging. These are things that are clinically diagnosed um, and really can be life-threatening. Disordered eating is the all the rules that are put around food that the are the rules that we make for ourselves or the um, on a not a binging can be an eating disorder or it can just be disordered eating depending mm -hmm. on the severity of it. Yeah. Um, but things like um, hiding food with <laughs> okay. So I'm going to add a caveat here for any moms who have especially young children that you're with all the time and that are constantly, mom, 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 can I, can I get, and you just have to have some moment where you have something, just something in your life that you That's don't the have pantry. to share. That's the pantry. Yes. You go in, when you go to the pantry and eat the, eating the red licorice, not because of any emotional value or, you know, any of that, it just the, I just have to have something I don't have to share. Mm -hmm. And I have to have something not that I don't have to share, but that I don't have, that nobody's even asking me. To share it and I have to say no that's a different issue <laughs> the kind of hiding eating that I'm talking about is the um buying something at the grocery store on the and eating it on the way home so that nobody knows you ate it I I um went to um I I have so my, my eating is so disordered you can't imagine not not now I'm better I'm a lot better but there was one point where I went to um, Kentucky Fried Chicken and I hadn't had in a really, really long time. And every time I we went to see her grandma and my grandmother took us out to Kentucky Fried Chicken. So it like had some emotional value to me. Yes. And I got a full meal as if I was taking it home mm. to people, mm -hmm. a bucket with like, I don't know how many biscuits and honey and all of that. And this is when they made real biscuits with real honey. Mm. Anyway. It. not all of it but I ate I probably ate all the all the biscuits mm -hmm. and then I ate like all the, the biscuits. yeah all the good yeah. parts of the chicken yeah. in the car so yeah. and that's disordered instead of in, that is disorder well, it, might, yeah. it might be actually an eating disorder but when I would say I mean but I think part of it is the shame aspect mm -hmm. I mean, that's why, like, when you're talking about a mother who just wants to, I'm not a mother, so I, I've never had a kid pull at me. I just eat in general. <laughs> um, but, like, like a mother is eating chocolate cake in the in the pantry. She's probably not feeling guilty. It, or... it depends. It, 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 and this is the thing. It's like eating that, eating, we'll just use the chocolate cake. Because if you're in the pantry eating chocolate cake, just because, like, I just need to have something I don't have to share. That's a different thing than eating it in the pantry because you don't want anyone to know you're eating it because you would be ashamed of yourself. Yes. So food. If they found out that food you ate is like designating like different shame values, right? Mm -hmm. So like donuts, donuts are a different shame value than chicken or, you know, like they all have like different, everybody's I'm sure are different. Like French fries might be a bigger shame value or whatever, yeah. but food is actually assigned shame values. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we go to eat, it's, you know, 
we feel our the disordered eating part if i'm understanding it right is that when you eat it and it's you know your chocolate cake is chain value of 10 and so when you're eating it that's and that's part does of that it. make sense yes yeah, yeah. am i making any sense yeah. at all yes yeah. i think so <laughs> i understand you um that's part of it but just non-disordered eating is eating when we're hungry not not so much that we're uncomfortable and overeating in that way um it's a very intuitive thing there is a place obviously for the chocolate cake um but it's when we're eating the chocolate cake we're you know whether we're a, it's a birthday cake we're having a piece of birthday cake and we're eating it without feeling like oh my gosh i shouldn't be eating this but it's a birthday cake i'm so and it's chocolate it's so good i love it and we get in this whole tangled mess up here instead of just eating a flipping piece of cake and having not be an issue and then later on we're not going oh and i made the cake and there's extra and like i'm yeah late tonight i can have another piece and nobody's gonna know and so it's it's not just the shame value of the cake itself it's the what's going on up here while you're eating that mm -hmm. i mean it can it disordered eating we can take it the other end too it's like somebody who is so meticulous about i will only have a very healthy smoothie for breakfast i will only have a salad mm -hmm. with a portion of protein for lunch and then for dinner this very specified either food groups or whatever that also that kind of obsessive um, concern about food is disordered yeah and the eating just naturally or is, i yeah or i have eaten a piece of cake and now i need to work out yeah now i need to stand on the you know now i need to look up what how many calories a piece of cake has yeah. and then offset it yeah. by probably two hours on so, the treadmill <laughs> yeah so the number five thing is the disordered eating or the eating disorders. Diet culture is directly related to that. The number four thing is yo-yo. Yo-yo dieting. Yes. And what's the matter with that? Um, it's rough on your clothing budget. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Like, yeah, yeah your clothing budget. I, yeah. It's just... Well, for me, who's always yo-yo dieted, I had a friend once who said to me, I can always tell what's going on in your life by what weight you are. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm depressed, I eat. And if I'm feeling shame, I eat. Or when I create my own shame, I eat. Um, and so I'll get to a certain size and I'll, I'll hit, you know, whatever weight it is. 200 pounds and I'm like nope can't be that and then I diet and then I bottom out and then I like balloon up again like I really do yo-yo diet like I am trying right now to have like for the first time after meeting you and talking to you and like our friendship for the first time I'm trying to have a really healthy relationship with food and I'm doing okay it's a <laughs> i'm trying process. it's a long process it is hard to like dig out all those roots because it's a culture yeah yeah and that's not an easy thing yeah. to work around and, and so yeah i mean they i don't know if it's healthy for you i don't you I mean they say oh it's super not healthy for you it messes up your metabolism blah 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 i don't know yeah. if that's actually true 
or that's just something <clears throat> they say to like make sure you're always on a diet and you never let go <laughs> I don't know but anyway the I mean the part of it is yeah and your clothing budget takes a hit it does it and does. then you don't know should I keep that size 14 in my closet forever or size 16 you know what or do I keep my size sixes are they ever going to come back in style it's you know yeah yeah so the clo the clothing budget, but also I mean the, that's the that's I'm being ridiculous. No, but... it's not ridiculous. That's a real thing, though. That's well, it's it is. <laughs> it is a real thing. And financially yeah. matters. Um, so there's that. Um, but also yes, the physical impact that it has, but also the toll that it takes on our mental health. Because when we're doing this, it, it, we are very much the yo-yo dieting is very much reaffirming the when I'm at the lower number. I'm a better person mm -hmm. when I'm at the lower number I'm more in control when I'm at this and so we mentally and so then when we start gaining weight instead of going hmm what's going on in my life and being approaching it like a scientist mm -hmm. and that's noticing data and analyzing data instead of that we just turn it in on ourselves what's wrong with me what am I doing I know better than this and we start all of that. Yeah. And so it takes true. a toll that yo-yo dieting takes a toll on um, our mental and our physical health and our financial well, health as well. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, um, because I've yo-yo dieted, because I have been at super low weights and I've been at high weights, I will say that you are treated differently depending on, I mean, obviously I gave that work scenario, but like an everyday life scenario is, you know, men, like I went to, to like Home Depot. Mm -hmm. So I went to Home Depot and, um, I had men approach me and say, Hey, can I help you? People that didn't even work there, mm -hmm. you know? And I went one day when I like, after I'd gained a bunch of weight and I was there and I couldn't get anyone to help me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are treated differently you were treated more kindly in a lot of instances. You were treated like you have your life together a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your men are more attracted to you. I mean, like, obviously, I, that sounds like an obvious thing that men are more attracted to you or women are more attracted to you, um, which I've had, what does it matter? I've had both <laughs> be attracted to me. And it's both flattering. But, um, I just you're just treated differently yeah. like the moral like the morality of it is absolutely true mm -hmm. that you are somehow better when you are are smaller when you're thinner yeah, yeah. Than I don't know yeah. just that yeah that that is something when if you yo-yo diet then you know yeah you guys out there if you've done that you know exactly what I'm talking about yeah. exactly yeah and yeah that. well on that whole other field trip which we'll get into another time but how because of that mm -hmm. often people whose bodies may naturally be at a smaller size but they gain weight and they hold on to it that can be a safety thing mm. so it can be a, yeah. a protection against that kind of attention yes yeah. when that kind of attention is not what's wanted but that's a whole other that is yeah other that's thing. a that's a field um, trip we'll take that field yeah trip. <laughs> um so number four, yo-yo dieting. And number three times pregnant with that, which is the damage to our mental and our physical um, health, which we have merged into. Um, but another aspect of the damage of our and the toll of our mental and physical health is that this, it adds so much stress and anxiety when we're just like, 
oh my gosh, should I eat this? Should I not eat this? If I should eat this, how much should I eat? How much should I not eat? Mm -hmm. When was the last time I ate this? Should I not eat this? I can't have this because I just had, uh, I can't have this candy bar because I just had cookies um, earlier today. I can't. And it's just this whole mental gymnastics and the stress and the anxiety about what we're eating. Yeah. And diet culture is a huge, I mean, that's yeah, if not the only source, that's the main source of that. That um, extra that I mean, leads into number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is number three. Oh, that, that is number three. Number three. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought we were still. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. number three. No, yes. number three. The damage we're continuing kind of merging from yo-yo dieting and that damage to our mental, physical health. That being the stress, and then also that negative self-talk that we we're talking mm-hmm. about. The just the you know I'm why what's wrong with me I don't like how I look Why can I get this under control all those and we just really takes a hit to our mental health mm-hmm. and which then leads into another point of the damages the it really damages our body image and that might sound um like right <laughs> yeah well it's like well done if I'm this size I'm not gonna have a good body image because I don't have a good body yeah more than a body. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are, we'll talk about this another time, mm-hmm. but we are getting better at a, 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 a society. Yes. I was trying to say something good about society and it made it very hard to come out. Yeah. Yeah. We are. I mean, we are getting better. Yeah. We'll talk about this another time. Yeah. We are yeah. getting better. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but the it's culture. It's gloom and doom. Right. Right. It's gloomy and doomy, but not a whole. But there are glimmers of light. Yes. It didn't used to be there. So that's yeah. not that going for us. Yep. Um, but that our body image and how our body image just really takes such a hit from all of this yeah. with this, this diet culture and the pressure that it puts on mm-hmm. us, um, where it may just seem really counter- counterintuitive. Um, I will say openly, I'm at the largest size I've ever been. And I have never had a better body image than I do now. Ever. Well, you're beautiful. And but not culturally. No, I am culturally, culturally beautiful. beautiful. So you're getting culturally beautiful. <laughs> Culture is getting more beautiful. So you're to getting, this. Yeah, yeah. You're just on the forefront, man. You and Lizzo. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and so it's like it's it was uh, it was a surprise to me to to realize that that size yeah, I, did not was not body image was not dependent on size that was news to me let me i in bringing up lizza that brings me to a point we're talking about a lot of times we are talking about um white america society you know like society there are our cultures in society that value even yeah. america that value different sizes and that have not like always wanted a super stick thin that's not the the goal for everybody you know this is true because i just want to make that super clear and in african-american yeah. culture you know sizes are different and and they're celebrated differently differently yes. differently and there are shared problems we share yeah. problems and there are unique problems to both yeah so i just want to throw that out there that yeah. we're we are coming from it from our perspective, which is um, white middle America. I didn't grow up super rich, did you? No. We are white middle America folks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then also it another damage is that this just develops this fat phobia 
of either, you know, people who are maybe at what is culturally an ideal size still live in this mental place that is not healthy because they're so fearful of gaining weight. Yeah. And it's, it's so either you're trying to lose the weight or you're just terrified of gaining it back. Obviously both an issue. Yes. Um, so our number two item is my top, uh, we wanted to end these, our list of our five things that we are talking about with this, with the, with pers our personal, I don't know, what's the word we want for that? Our personal, our not personal best. Or <laughs> yeah, not the best, our personal pet peeves. Yeah, well, stronger than pet the, the impact that, that it's had most, that yeah. we feel has been most damaging to us personally. And for me, my top one is just living in that whole, if you're around very much, get used to me talking about the diet culture fun house, because that's to me what it is. Diet culture is just this place that we go that there's these warped perspectives, like those fun house mirrors, um, and it distorts our perspective and, and warps our reality, reality, and, uh, makes us see things that aren't true, but think that they are, um, and so this whole diet culture funhouse, living in this has, for me, so many wasted years of feeling like I just wasn't enough, which stemmed from that my body was never good enough. And no matter, now, I want to say, make it very clear, like I said earlier, I'm at the largest size I've ever been. Mm -hmm. But um, when for most of my adult life, it was not like that. Mm -hmm. It was not like that. When I was in high school, had the perfect measurements mm -hmm. um, that were considered attractive. And my body shape and size did not change a well, ton. Well, you were my Weight watch leader. Um, yeah. Which meant you had to be at a yeah. certain As an weight. adult. Yeah. yeah. As an adult. I'm sorry. That's where I said, no, no, that's, that's where I lived most of my life. And so that's what most of it. And during all of those years, I was never satisfied with how I looked. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, that is just such a waste. And because I wasn't good enough in that area, it was obviously because I could not figure this out. What was wrong with me? Because I couldn't figure this out. And so it then became not just that my body wasn't good enough, but that somehow I wasn't good enough. And that is just, it's so sad to me when I see so many other women with the same that are stuck in that same room in the, in the fun house. And it's just, I think about the wasted energy and the wasted time and the wasted money uh, when we're stuck in that room. And if we, when we can take, get out of there, the things that that opens up to be able to actually focus on that really are true and really do matter. So to me that just that constant, the continual feeling of just, somehow not being enough yeah thank you diet culture yeah. for that which is which is why you're here which is why you wanted yes. to do this yes, because exactly. you want to like right. drag us all out of the fun house mm -hmm. one yep. by one yep soul by soul yep so um, mine it was very hard actually it's, it's hard for me to choose just one thing because all of those things have impacted me and um and I, I mean, I've touched on it barely in other, and I was bulimic mm -hmm. for a long time. Like I started when I was 12 mm -hmm. and I, 
ended when I was in my 20s, maybe, with periods of time of stress that probably the last bulimic time I was probably in my mid-30s. Okay. So my heart to hear that. I, yeah, we, so, not, this is not news to me. I, yeah, no, we've right. talked about it's it a lot. Just, it, and I just, I mean, it's, it was wrapped up in my perfectionism. I, you know, it was wrapped up in my perfectionism and, and wanting to be perfect and thinking that your body has to be a certain size. So I was eight when my sister said to me, I have older brothers and sisters, and um, my sister said to me, oh, look at that cute, cute belly. And I knew that at eight, I knew that that was something that I, I didn't want. And she took a picture of it. I remember, and I have that picture. I can see it in my head. Mm -hmm. We have that picture in our family albums that I had never like dared to take out. Mm -hmm. But, and I had like this belly because I was eight and, you know, and at that moment, I thought I need to be skinny. Gosh. And and that is tied up in morality mm -hmm. in that I needed to be able to control. And that was one thing that I could control. Like I could control how much I ate. And I, I felt like living in shame was, I felt like I was shameful. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, it was you. It was me that I was shameful and I needed to reinforce that mm -hmm. all the time. And when you grow up and you're, and you spend, you know, a good, you're like, you're growing up years. So you spend a good, I don't know, 10 years, you know, it's bulimic. It messes with your system. Oh, yeah. I mean, it messes with your system big time. It messes with your teeth. It messes with your intestines. It messes with your system. So I pay the price for that. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't, it, it's, it's a conscious choice even now. If I eat a ton of food, if I binge, it is a conscious choice where I say I'm not going to purge. Mm -hmm. And that will be for the rest of my life. Because when there have been moments when I've been out of control, either with my job, mostly with my job, or with men, or whatever, I, um, I will eat and binge and binge and binge, eat secretly in the car, wherever. And I've eaten secretly in the car when I have lived by myself. And because that felt more shameful, it felt more mm -hmm. shameful to go into seas and buy a bunch of, you know, Rocky Road candy and come out and it was more shameful for me to eat that in the car mm -hmm. than it was to be at home. So, I, you know, I've lived in that space That's for true. so long. And so, I mean, I, I don't, it it's hard. I mean, that's why it's hard for me to choose one of those. All of those have, have been part of my life. Yo-yo dying's always been part of my life, you know, disordered eating, eating disorder, you know? Yeah. And that, I mean, how I got found out is because I went to a doctor for something else and she saw my teeth and she knew, mm -hmm. I guess. And she pulled me aside and I got found out and I had to go to a psychologist and, mm -hmm. you know, I was at BYU which was a breeding ground for perfectionism and a breeding ground for eating disorders. So that it was a, 
that was a, and that was shameful to have to go to a psychologist every week. Yeah. So anyway, that's not in any way because it's a, it's a big, huge, heavy duty thing. Yeah. And I didn't mean to end it on such a, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's it. That, I mean, we want to know sure. what the top mm-hmm. thing of diet culture has been. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Anyway. And you know, you get a bonus one because <laughs> <laughs> Um, we were talking earlier and the about the impact that this has on people that we love. Yeah. So, well, so and then the, so now, so so I've been working with Tracy and I've been seeing things in such a different way, and I hear people that I love, like I hear my mom and she's probably gonna watch us and I'm sorry, mom, but I hear my mom. She's age ninety. <laughs> And she's talking about, first of all, she's going to be super mad. Mom, I'm not going to have my mom watch. She's going to be super mad that I just told her age. So she just barely turned it. Anyway, so she's, she'll talk about her stomach. Like, my stomach's never been this big. I'm like, dude, you're 90. I look at that and I think, oh, like it hurts my heart to think how long has she beat herself up? And I never even recognized it. How long has she beat herself up? about her body shape or her body size and now, can we say, her mother is a very athletic person oh yeah and yeah my mom's super athlete I mean if you looked at her mom you wouldn't go oh no mm, look at her yeah body. she just wouldn't She's, she started to be a personal trainer when she was 79 that's yeah. yeah and so and she I think she was a personal trainer she was 86 or something like that yeah like so, personal trainer for real so yeah and um yeah, that's, and yeah, for her to be worried about her body, it just, it's painful. And I see the people that I love who are like, I'm, you know, I'm not, who are beautiful, beautiful women who are concerned because they are not the perfect size six or zero or whatever. Mm-hmm. Beautiful women. And as I'm getting older, everyone's getting older, right? Mm-hmm. And so everyone is, their bodies are changing. And to hear them talk about themselves in such a derogatory way, I hear it now differently. I hear, I hear when people talk about, well, I'm on a diet or I need to lose weight. And I look at them and I think, oh, I just want you to be happy. I just want you to be, start seeing yourself the way I see you, which is a beautiful, strong woman. And I see that. I do not see the same things like I like when you say I'm the largest weight ever like that's not even what I see what I see is this strong capable beautiful woman and so that's I mean in one way that's exciting because I'm seeing things differently and another way I just want everyone to feel that same way I want them to feel the same way about themselves and how beautiful they are whatever size but anyway. yeah yeah and it is and that's and that is why I got into this yeah. because learning about this for myself was not enough. When I realized, when I realized how many things I didn't realize, how many things I didn't see, because I'd never thought to question them because when we're raised in a given culture, whatever that culture is, we just think that's reality. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's mm-hmm. just, it's what else could happen, yeah. you know? But then to start looking at it differently and seeing things differently. And I thought, I can't keep my mouth shut about this. I just can't. I can't go, okay, well, I'm feeling happier now. So yay. Mm-hmm. I could, I just couldn't let that go. Yeah. I couldn't let it go. 
Um, so if you are still in a place of feeling like that, feeling that, you know, there's just this concern, this, this about how you look and how, what your body shape or size is, whether it's compared to how you used to look or not, doesn't really matter. Um, but if, if that's you, you're in the right place. We're here for you. Yes. We want you to know that you definitely are more than a body and that we're, our goal is to help you and other women like us to really just pull back the curtain. And now we may not decide to make a bunch of changes, but at least we're making our decisions based in truth. Yeah. And that's what matters to me. I'm not here to say everybody should do this or that or whatever. Your life is your life to live as you see fit. But I want you to be having truth to make your decisions on. So there we are. There we are. So diet culture. When we talk about diet culture, this is what we're talking about. Sorry, we ended up that's on like a, such a serious note. <laughs> I apologize. I'm good now. I'm not bulimic anymore. <laughs> So Sorry, yeah, and, and, like, there is hope, and that's yeah, that's the good. Actually, part. that is it's true. Yeah, because I learned a lot from you. There's and, and you just brought me, yeah, to a different place. And it's still, it's just, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. There's still so many things that I'm still working on that I'm still rooting out of my brain and out of my habits that I've lived with for my, you know, through much of my life. So it's it's a process. So be patient, and but know that there's hope. So. Next time. Now, nourishing body and soul. There we go. Okay, so this is embarrassing because I always made fun of people who did this, but like and subscribe. (laughs) Turns out it's important. Well, it's only, it's, it's only, it's important because if you like what you're listening to and seeing and you want to find it again, it makes it easier for you to find it. And then also it makes it easier for other people to find it. Mm-hmm. So if you like us, like, 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 like us. Yeah. Like and yeah. Like put a ring on it. Like yeah. us. Yeah. Then like and subscribe and it'll make it easier to find. Hey, it's Tracy. If this was helpful and you'd like more, follow me on Instagram at tlastel.nourishingbodyandsoul or on Facebook or YouTube at Nourishing Body and Soul. Or you can find my website at nourishingbodysoul.com. Thanks for tuning in to Nourishing Body and Soul, the podcast. Before we wrap up, we just want to remind you that the information we share in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended for medical advice. While we hope you find our discussions helpful, we strongly recommend that you seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider before making any changes to your diet, exercise routine, or any other aspect of your health. We also want to make it clear that the host, guests, and producers of this podcast are not responsible for any adverse effects or consequences that may result from the use of any information or suggestion discussed in this podcast. We care about your well-being, but we can't take responsibility for individual outcomes. By listening to this podcast, you agree to indemnify and hold harmless the host, guests, and producers of this podcast from and against any and all claims, damages, liabilities, costs, and expenses arising from your use of the information provided in this podcast. We're so grateful for your support and we hope you keep listening and learning with us. Thanks.